Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. You guys like coffee? Yes. I actually cannot function without it. 
Luckily for us, we have an advertiser, Passion House Coffee Roasters. Passion House was founded by a longtime fan in Chicago, and they've been sourcing and roasting some of the best beans in the world since 2011. Now they need your help naming a new coffee, an experimental micro lot from a renowned farm in Colombia. With coffees named Millie Grace, LSD, and Box of Rain, the bar is high for a new name. But we know you can help. Go to passionhousecoffee.com slash Osiris to read about the mystery coffee and submit your idea for the coffee name. While you're there, pick up some beans or cans of cold brew. I had the Passion Cat cold brew cans recently, and they're great. Our listeners get 30% off their coffee, so enter Osiris at checkout. Get after it. Friends, welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is the quick hit for the second night of Bonnaroo, which was uh, June 16th, 2019. And we have our guest, David, who was on the first quick hit from Bonnaroo uh, two days previously. So thanks for being back, man. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Great, great. So you're on your way uh, home, right, from from the middle of Tennessee? middle of tennessee back home to the real world nice nice um how you feeling you a little bit exhausted uh euphoric still anything Uh, a little bit of both i mean i'm definitely tired and it's uh, you know anytime you leave tour and go back to you know out of the wilderness as i call it back into the real world it's always a little bit of an adjustment um but uh but i'm looking forward to getting back to things i mean tour in general recharges me um, you know, you can just release some things. I haven't seen the band since uh, last October, I guess. Um, you know, and I've been planning tour since January, so it's always nice. good when it comes and it starts off. Uh, and uh, I'm going to Alpine Valley to close out the tour. I've never been to Alpine Valley, uh, so this was a little appetizer. And I'm uh, looking forward to a few more shows next month. Awesome, yeah. The Alpine Valley have been a couple shows, and it's it's worth worth the trip. And it's it um, all the hype is is true, so it's exciting to hear. Yeah, no, I've, yeah, I've been wanting to check it off the list for a long time, so cool. um, I'm glad to get to do it. Were these your first shows of the the? You didn't go to St. Louis, did you? I didn't. I was actually supposed to go to St. Louis um, because my friends. Uh, who works in Nashville, who kind of had the hookup for us for this weekend, wasn't supposed to be able to go to Bonnaroo because of a family emergency. Or not emergency, but a family trip. And so I I planned to go to the St. Louis shows. And then about two months ago, his family camping thing fell through. And he said, I'm, I'm, we're going. So I had to bail on my friends going to St. Louis. Yeah. Um, But I think I made the right call. Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible weekend. I've never been to Bonnaroo. I know when you spoke with Matt, uh, a couple of days ago that he he hadn't been for about 15 years was this your, your this was your first trip right wasn't it, it was my first, yeah it was my first trip nice. um and uh and uh, you know it, it is it is really a sight to behold um what they do there and just a quick shout out to to all the people at AC Entertainment and Superfly and uh, Jesse and Brian and all their teams 
uh, it, it really is uh, quite a thing to pull off in the middle of nowhere. Um, again, right. because we had art, because we had artist passes and kind of guest day parking, our entrance into the festival was a little bit different. But we got to kind of see some of the back of house, uh, you know, behind the scenes a little sure. bit. Um, just you know, so you know, you're driving in and you just see rows and rows of of campers that are there for the staff, and then they're you know, these big, almost like uh, catering tents. And in there, there are people sleeping in tents and, uh, you know, just pallets of water everywhere and golf carts and, and tractors. And, uh, and, and so it, it's, it's really a huge thing to pull off anywhere. Um, but to pull it off in the middle of nowhere <laughs> is, is quite impressive. And, uh, and again, just a shout out every, every, every staff person was amazing. Every volunteer, every security guard, um, it just, it, people are in a good mood. And I think nice. then the, the people at the festival are in a great mood. Everybody was just very kind of happy and chill all weekend. So That's it was a really good environment. Yeah. What um so tell us a little bit about your Saturday experience the fishless day um was it fun did you spend the whole day there or uh, any any notable we didn't, spend, uh, we didn't spend the whole day there we took it easy a little bit uh, one of my friends actually had his uh, wife and seven year old come down from Nashville so uh, we went to the festival with them and took it in through their eyes so we went over in the afternoon and we saw Marin Morris who was actually really good she was on the main stage. Um, and then when we wandered around some and, uh, and then we caught a little bit of Casey Musgraves, Mm -hmm. um, which was also, which was also really good. Um, that was probably the, the most exploring I did of the festival grounds was during that day. Cause again, we were wandering around, um, and just the people watching is amazing. Um, it was pride day. They were kind of celebrating pride. Um, so there was a lot of rainbow stuff, uh, going on and, um, it, it, it's interesting, you know, you see all these, everybody was like dressed up basically, you know, there were a lot of costumes and outfits and things. Right. And then you see all, and then you see all those people and all those people are singing along to every Casey Musgrave song. So, you know, it's like people who are dressed for a rave, but then they're singing along to right. this Nashville <laughs> and like semi country artists. So that's a little disconcerting. Um, right. But a nice meld uh, then, probably. Uh, a nice, a nice mail, definitely. And yeah. so we kind of hung out, and then, and then we we headed out. We didn't check out again. We had a, we had a kid with us, um, and we were uh, we were a little tired from the late night fish set Friday night, sure. and wanting to and wanting to save up for for the big fish night last night. So perfect. Let's lead into then the the show last night, yeah. which was two sets instead of one, uh, like Friday night. But um, right, what uh, they came on about eight thirty ish local time. Is that right? Yep, yep. How was the weather? I know it's it's kind of a lame question, but you you raved about the weather weather on Friday. Had it did it stick stick to being nice? Uh, it, it stuck to being very nice, and actually, it just it warmed up some um, on uh, on Sunday. So I didn't. Uh, there was we thought we might get a little rain, and we didn't. Um, but it actually warmed up to a pleasant condition. I mean, on both Friday and Saturday, I had a long sleeve kind of shirt, um, you know, layer Patagonia thing that I took with me that I had to wear during the show Friday night. Um, oh, chilly so, enough, yeah. Yeah, it was chilly enough. I mean, it was almost cold. Uh, and I, I went on Thursday night as well before the action kind of started and I was cold that night. Um, so last mm-hmm. night was great. It was probably, uh, you, you know, in the low eighties, 
um, leading up to Showtime, and then in the seventies. So uh, I have to say uh, that I uh, saw um, on the webcast, uh, the free webcast, which we got to thank the band for that and whoever put all that on. Yeah. Which is it was I thought it went on uh, went off pretty flawlessly for us on the couch, but um, okay. I, I saw some beads of sweat on Paige's forehead. From, during the first set, and and Trey too, yeah. especially after he was climbing around, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, it was really interesting seeing him be a lot more mobile. I've, uh, he, we were we were noting that he, it, I'm not sure when the last time he's had a wireless yeah setup on his car. Probably uh, so well, at least October, right? The the Casfot box. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely yeah. that. I don't know if that's what spurred it um, or mm-hmm. anything, but. Um, yeah, it was fun to watch him kind of go out into the middle of the crowd and stand up on that that gearbox. Sure, I'm sure. Um, I forget what what it was during. Yeah, it was it was the first um, definitely the first few songs. Blaze on, probably I think was is when he was climbing over there, which was um, really yeah. funny to watch him uh, ramble his way up there or whatever. <laughs> it was it was really funny to watch, yeah. but exciting. I, I was yeah, when he when he climbed back off, I was just like, "Don't fall, Trey." Yeah, I know <laughs> the yeah. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but that I think it kind of lends to him watching uh, Cardi B earlier, um, as that's a you know very active set that she puts on. They, there was pictures on Instagram, yeah. his Instagram specifically, of him you know standing oh, okay. side, yes, standing side stage watching her perform. Um, he was obviously moved by that. Uh, moving performance so um yeah that had to have led to it uh, along with the childish gambino which you talked about uh the the show on friday before him uh before fish yeah uh for sure so cool man so tell me a little bit just kind of generally about the first set there's a little chatter online that um i don't know if you've seen it but the rebo is really well played a lot of people think that uh, but generally the, the songs were kind of short and to the point yeah, I mean, uh, overall, it was a great set. Uh, you know, I had no kind of musical expectations coming into this weekend. Um, uh, you know, I, I was coming for the experience, and the fact that my favorite band was going to be there was a bonus. Um, you know, I'm chasing Esther and Life Boy. I, I, I didn't think that I would get any of those songs this weekend. Um, so it was a really just well-played fish show, and, and, and the first set was well-played. Um, you know, the blaze on was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely, uh, you know, had a little extra mustard on it. Um, they were having some fun during the deaths don't hurt very long. Um, you know, fishman just screaming, uh, the Reba was great, but yeah, the Reba was short. The Reba I think was, was 10 minutes. Um, yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm not sure, I, I'm not sure how much cracked, uh, cracked the 10 or 11 minute barrier right. in the first set. Um, which is, uh, again, which is fine. I, I wasn't expecting, you know, it's like when they were playing the Baker's Dozen and they opened the second set every night and it didn't matter what they played, they took it for a 20-minute right. ride. You knew you weren't going to get that tonight. Um, and, you know, the band builds off the energy of the people who were there and the situation. And the truth of the matter is that this is not a fish show. This was a festival that fish was headlining. Right. Um, so the the whole experience is different than when you're at Merriweather on a Sunday night and the people who were there are hardcore fish fans and they're there to see a Sunday night fish show. Um, yeah, so, so how, how was that? Yeah. You know, you, you're talking a little bit about maybe the crowd was going to be smaller on Sunday night just because of the timing. Um, was it? Uh, was the stage the same? 
uh, just kind of uh, details the, the, about the, that. The, yeah, the stage was the same, and um, it didn't seem like, uh, and again, it was hard to judge from where I was, but it didn't seem like that it had cleared out that much. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there were some people that left, um, but it was plenty packed in, and I tried to pay a little more attention to the crowd. Um, I definitely saw a few more, you know, fish shirts. Uh, you know, is this still Lawn Boy? Um, I also just looked around to see, you know, a, a lot of people singing along to a lot of songs, sure. which makes me think that it, it's, it, you know, and whether it's hardcore fish fans or people who were just able to check them out because they're around that area or they go to Bonnaroo every year and this is their time they're going to get to see fish. Um, but people were definitely into it. It was packed in. Good. That's good to hear. I'm glad that it wasn't like a dwindling or whatever it was it was funny too i don't know if you caught it but um after blaze on i believe um trey trey asked if everyone was still ready and or or if they were tired or whatever he said and um you could tell he was he was pumped up but then they played death on her very long which is kind of funny but um yeah (laughs) that was cool to hear um so other you know i thought the free into the sand was another highlight uh the wolfman's again wasn't very long um, but right. really solid first set, as you mentioned, right? No, no complaints, yeah. no, nothing really. No complaints at all. I mean, my friend who I was with, uh, did go to St. Louis. So he had a couple of, uh, just overall, uh, he saw a lot of stuff in St. Louis that he then saw again this weekend. Yep. yep. Um, but, but you know, again, you can't kind of complain about that. And Cavern even had a minor tray vocal flub, which is, yeah. Somewhat, you know, it, sometimes if, if you don't get a tray messing up Cavern, you feel like you haven't really heard Cavern. So. <laughs> there was some other, there was uh, Mike, Mike um, screwed something up too, which he, he rarely screws up vocals, and I forget what it is now, but I remember watching on, on the, the webcast, and that was pretty funny. They were, um, they, they were focused, and, the, and the, I thought the plane was really tight, uh, and everyone was having fun, but it maybe as a result they didn't focus as much on the lyrics or whatever i don't, I don't know but um yeah. what about the second set was how was the the set break was uh, a good 15 minutes as always and um <laughs> yeah, yeah 15 minutes right <laughs> uh yeah step break was step break was great and again you know it's interesting i mean it really kind of clears out people can head out and go up into the center room and you know kind of disperse as they cool. If they need to, and then uh, and then come back to where they are. Um, I was calling mics uh, kind of from before the show. I felt like we were definitely going to get a mics last night. Nice, and, uh, and so it was nice that they opened up with it. Uh, it they was listen to you, pretty yeah. Basic. Yeah, it's good when the band listens. To you. <laughs> um, and uh, and it was a pretty uh, you know rocking mics, a lot of a lot of energy. Um, and then, you know, to go into Fluffhead was really special. If I, if I, if I read correctly, that's the first time they've ever done Mike's Fluffhead ever. Yeah. I think people were um, talking about that. I didn't look into it, but definitely mentioned on, on the fish Twitter too. So, well, um, I think, I think Biz Archive said it, so I trust him. So I trust yes. Scott. When he said, yeah. Oh, if he said it, then yeah, no, no questioning. Yeah. <laughs> so. I was kind of surprised that Mike's was kind of short because it was the first, you know, song in the second set. But it was seven and a half or so minutes long, um, and the full right. fed was almost fifteen. That's pretty standard, I think. Yeah. Um, right. And then the twist. I thought I love twist, and it's kind of a divisive song, but I love it, and uh, it kind of slowed things down. It kind of maybe was a little breather for them as the jam kind of got uh, a little bit dark and a little bit slow. 
Yeah, and I think Twist is probably the jam of the night. Nice. Um, it definitely probably went the most interesting places and not just type one mm-hmm. machine gun. Uh, and, and there were definitely some moments where Chris, I think, was 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 helping to drive some of those changes. The, the one thing I'll say that was wasn't frustrating, it was just visually not what I'm used to at a show is because we were back by the soundboard and uh, the, the big video screens really are distracting. Sure. Um, sure. It, it's great because you can really see up close and, and I was able to get some facial expressions of some of the stuff going on. But <laughs> in terms of what I'm usually used to, which is kind of letting Corotta uh, paint the band as they play, um, it was hard to, it was hard to, to really get that full effect when you've got two giant video screens. Um, but, uh, but, but the lights were amazing all weekend. Um, and then especially during twist, he was doing a couple of things that I think, you know, you know, those times when Chris will start to do something and the band follows Chris, I think that right. was definitely happening during twist. Yeah. Right. That's great. And I, I, um, I agree with you and I can, I, uh, you know, the small screens are kind of fun, like the ones at an outdoor venue, uh, that are on the top of the pavilion, where if you're up on the lawn, but when they're right next to them, yeah, uh, I agree. But at the same time, uh, but I, I it, it's a big space. I understand yeah. why they did it. I mean, it's yeah. a big stage they were on. There are a lot of people. You know, when there are forty or fifty thousand people in the audience, you have to do that. So sure, I get it. Sure. The other thing I was going to mention is that Trey was dancing, or he was doing his little dad dance, um, quite a bit last night um, while he was rocking, which it was fun to watch. And maybe people further back got to see that on those screens so a little bit of benefit yeah. there but so um then there was that i mean we didn't talk about it yet but the twist turned into a twist sandwich with the week of pog and no man um in the middle there um that was pretty fun but kind of antiquey maybe i mean nothing was over four minutes within those within those gyms, yeah it was so. a little it was a little like kind of some set list shtick uh so to speak i mean you know they started the week of pog and then right after the week of pog i think they just kind of found themselves in no man's land, which sure. is fine. Yeah, um, I don't know how naturally. long. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know how long they jammed out uh, no man's land necessarily. Yeah, um, right. You know what, what I didn't necessarily need. You know, it was great to go back into the week of pog because they didn't really finish the week of pog. I don't know if they needed to then come back to the twist. Mm-hmm. You know, woo mm-hmm. uh, at that point. But uh, <laughs> right. you know, everybody's got a woo, but especially Trey. Yeah. Well, the man's, the man's going to do what the man's going to do. So, so. The, the, th- the only thing that I thought was, was highlighted or should be highlighted from that twist is Trey's raw, kind of dirty, gritty sound that he's got with that twist. Like, for example, during the twist is just great. I think it's really sounds wonderful. He's got yeah. it really di- dialed in right now. So, um, But it goes into a fuego, which, you know, for me is just kind of there. It, was, it wasn't even nine minutes. wasn't jammed, really. Um yeah, and that was kind of the one. Uh, that was the one little Father's Day shout out for yeah. the dads in the crowd. Was you know the the freak out and throw stuff world's greatest dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, and and you know again, uh, you know Fuego is one of those songs where you know when they open a second set with Fuego, I've seen them take it out. You know, twenty sure. twenty three minutes. Totally. Um, yeah. But they just kind of played it and and then and then petered off with it. <laughs> so for the record that. Um, it was during Fuego that Mike was kind of he booted a lyric or two, but you know whatever. Okay. No, no big deal. I'm just being picky. Ghost, yeah. it, Ghost is a is a top song for me. Uh, however, you know Trey's been playing it a lot lately, especially with Tab and 
and um, fish generally that plays it more than they used to or, or maybe the same I don't know but it seems like it gets a lot of rotation now uh, and when it's nine minutes or less you know maybe it doesn't stick out I don't know what do you think uh, yeah, I think so. And again, you know, when it's not a jammy vehicle, I actually was lucky enough to see both of the tab shows at the Tabernacle. Oh, nice. uh, yeah. Um, and, and I have to say that the ghost that closed out that second tray show was better than the ghost I saw last night. Um, just in terms of kind of meaning sure. and placement and energy. Um, you know, Trey, when he finished that ghost at the Tabernacle, it was one of those things that he could barely breathe. You know, you could tell mm-hmm. that he was tired. Sure. sure. Um, I hear you. And that, and um, the bathtub gym that closed, 12-minute bathtub, um, kind of a unique spot to close the second set with it. Uh, but it's, a you know, again, a top song for me. So what would you guys think? Yeah, and it was and it was very well played. And it was a lot of high energy, and they they kept kind of taking it up and peaking it over and over again. So uh, it, it was hard to argue with that. You know, the crowd uh, got into the, you know, we're all in this together. We love to take a bath, right? Uh, type. Uh, type Even though stuff. nobody had probably bathed, at least the Gen Pop, right? Yeah. For- right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they all needed a bath for sure. So. Um, yeah. Tell me about the encore. Everybody's kind of running on fumes, especially those who have camped. I mean, I can only imagine now that, well, especially now that I'm an old guy. But um, even the even in the younger days, it was hard to, you know, three days worth of a festival sleeping in a tent. Um, but they brought some energy, Wilson and, and First Tube. Uh, yeah, you know, it was interesting. I mean, like, especially in the middle of the second set, I kept looking at my watch thinking, God, they've got so much time left. I, I really was wondering if at some point in the second set they might, you know, everybody was wondering if we were going to get some sort of special guest at some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, when it when it didn't happen in the first set, you kind of wonder, well, it might, it's probably not going to happen. Sure. Um, I thought we might get a Fishman tune at some point in the in the first set. I mean, in the second set, you know, just to kind of break things up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, and again, for maybe the the people who who haven't, you know, who don't see fish a lot to expose that silly side and here's our drummer in a dress playing a vacuum cleaner <laughs> uh, sure but uh, but we didn't get that but uh, they withheld yeah Wilson it. is always great um, my wife is actually named Wilson so oh, nice. um, I I, uh, I uh, so whenever whenever I hear Wilson I think of her and, and the encore it was somewhat appropriate it was like oh yeah I've got a life to go back to oh man uh, yeah reality sets in. Uh, sure uh, <laughs> reality um, and then the first tube was great I mean again and my buddy who was in St. Louis was a little grumpy because he was like I just heard first tube sure and again I think we both were like you know the first tube we saw at the tabernacle was almost uh, in, in a way and, and it's hard it's hard to compare the Tabernacle to Bonnaroo because in the Tabernacle it's so intimate. You're right on top of the band, and in Bonnaroo it's so big. Yeah. Um, yeah. But first two, it's just a great. First two was a great closer. Yeah, he knows uh, it. it, it Trey knows it. Yep. it. It Trey knows it. It gets everybody dancing. He was running around the stage. Yep. He gets to do the Jedi guitar thing at the end, which everybody likes. So. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, the double encore, first two, send everybody off with smiles. That's great. That's great. So, what? Tell me though. Like, was that it? Did they turn the lights on in the whole place after that, or like? Yeah, yeah. They turned. Yeah, they turned the lights on after that. Um, and it was weird because it was about eleven forty-five, I think, uh, or eleven fifty. So. And no other stages were going. Played. 
I don't think any other stages were going at that okay. point. Now, I don't really understand because I didn't spend that much time out in the kind of Gen Pop area yeah. where the, I think, I don't know if Center Route closes, but there are these things called the plazas. And so I think that maybe some people kind of retreat back to some of those areas. Gotcha. I don't know if they keep the party going. I don't know if people pack up and, you know, leave. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, they turn, they turn the lights on and, and that was it. Cool. Cool. So um, overall, you're glad you went, and it was a, a good but long weekend. Is that is that accurate, David? Yeah, I'm very glad I went, cool. I, and I, I'm not sure that I would ever go again, especially if if, if fish weren't playing. Sure. Um, but but I'm I, I've always wanted to I've always wanted to see it um, again. I've never you know my last festival was Coventry, which was just a disaster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so and so to be at a festival and and just be around that collective energy of all of those people and again because we we had uh, a little bit of a different access just to be able to see some of the stuff that goes into it it's really impressive and and i think that i think that bronaru kind of came back this year i think they've had some years that have been uh down just in terms of attendance i don't mm-hmm. think that you know uh, I, I think that there have been some years where they sell maybe 50,000 tickets or 55,000 tickets. And, you know, so to come back this year and to sell 80,000 tickets and to sell it out. Nice. And I don't yeah. think that's, be- I don't think that's because fish was playing. No, they had, they, um, I mean, I they had that, a great millennial lineup, right? <laughs> With Post Malone. And, um, yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah. And, they, and, and they, and well, and they moved it. I said, some of the people I was talking to, they moved it where it was not conflicting with CMA festival, which happened oh, in okay. Nashville. Sure the weekend before so the re- so they moved the weekend and that kind of freed up some of the resources i think some gotcha. of the, the ability to sure. do some of the, the packages from nashville and all this stuff but like you said they've got a great they've got a great lineup so mm-hmm. i mean good for the festival they're able to sell out and um you know it, it is interesting to think about that bonnaroo started with trey and widespread panic and all yep. of these jam yep. bands uh, and it's now a place that you could go and see Post Malone or U2 or, um, Cardi B. Uh, you know, Cardi B and <laughs> yeah. Maren Morris and Lumineers and the Avid Brothers. Sure, and, sure. Uh, it, you know, so it's just, a, it's a really cool thing and I'm, I'm grateful to, to have been a part of it. And by the way, I mentioned Trey, um, checking out Cardi B, uh, Bob Crawford, the, the drummer, um, from the Avid Brothers said that he was checking out their set too, which is cool. Oh, good. Um, so Trey good. was getting, getting around, checking things out, which is fun. Um, good. So David, I appreciate it, man. I know you're on the road. I hope you're driving safely home and had a good time. Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah. I got a few more things to to wrap up before we wrap up, which is number one, uh, the Helping Friendly Podcast. HF Pod is going to do a little get together with Osiris. Um, the Saturday of the Camden shows. It's from one to three. Uh, all that info is like I'm, uh, <laughs> I've got a baby with me too. All that info is. Um, <laughs> Uh, with on Osiris's uh, Twitter and HF Pod's Twitter and all, all those things, so check that out, you guys, please. Um, and secondly, we're gonna run a little ad, but the music clip will be after that. And Dave, this is where you come in. What's what? What do you want to hear for the music clip or the jam clip? Um, I think for the music clip, let's see. Uh, probably the twist. I would think. Nice. Was 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 the deepest thing they did last night. So. We'll do it. Yeah. So. Um, that's the third song the second set we'll throw a little clip in there from that and uh, again David thanks I appreciate all the time you, you took for us and hope everybody enjoyed it and uh, we'll see you on the road sometime hopefully yeah yeah happy to do it take care thanks man bye bye 
What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Nugs.net is the destination for live music on demand. They have a growing collection of over 15,000 full-length concert recordings from bands like Pearl Jam, Humphreys McGee, Dead & Company, and Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. So you'll never run out of live music to explore. I've been digging into a lot of Umphrey's shows on Nugs.net, and the catalog and the sound quality are really amazing. It's a great way to get to know a band even more. I've been listening to a lot of Billy Strings, Dead & Company. Oh, and uh, Wilco's on there now, too. Well, I've been listening to the infamous String Dusters and loving some of the old Steve Kimmock shows on there. It's available on desktop, iOS, and Android apps. Sonos, that's how I listen, and Blue OS. The Nugs.net team knows you love live music, so they're offering new subscribers a 35% discount on an annual subscription. Go to Nugs.net slash Helping Friendly and sign up today. If you already have a subscription, give the gift of live music to a friend. Again, that's Nugs.net slash Helping Friendly for 35% off an annual subscription.
Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.